0: Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet.
1: Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection,
2: helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more.
1: You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now, it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live. I'm going to let the stream breathe just for a second because we were having some technical difficulties right before we hit go on the old stream yard. I think that'll do it. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me as always, my partner in crime, you know him, you love him, he is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we were just talking about this right before we went live, and of course, this podcast Sunday, as per tradition of the last few weeks, is our Broncos free agent rumor mill roundup, whatever we want to call it. And in that vein, Trent Williams became part of the conversation due to the news from last week, and uh, there were some, some of our great listeners out there they didn't so much like the, the take you had on him being a threat, a potential threat of being, you know, a disgruntled type. Someone didn't like my my take chat. I am shocked. Let me
2: just tell you yeah. right now. But yeah, you know, it's always the contrarian, uh, you know, kind of point of view. I, I don't say things just to say things. I don't believe in BS. I just gave my honest to God thoughts on what I feel like the Broncos should do and should not do. Like I've been saying, third round pick for the guy. I'm willing to take him on, I'm willing to welcome him to the team, give him the contract that he wants. Just to me, though, a second round pick when you already have your tackles in place, and I got some pushback on that as well. The tackles are in place. They gave Juwan James a record setting contract, and they have faith in Garrett Bowles for one more season under Mike Munchak. If they didn't have those guys in place, I'd be more open to it. But a second-round pick on top of a guy who was injured all of last season, pushes his way out of Washington, and wants an expensive contract, I, I'm just not jumping for that, shot. I'd rather restock the cupboard through the draft, save some money, and put it toward a better use on, on the defensive side, paying Justin Simmons or paying Derek Wolf.
1: We're going to talk all about the latest or what the last week or so leading up to, of course, we're only a week away, from legal tampering period actually opening yep. up. Like it's amazing how quickly time flies in the offseason sometimes. But um, so we'll we'll touch more on it, get what some of your thoughts are, guys. But there hasn't been a whole heck of a lot. There's a few topics I want to get your thoughts on, Zach, and then we'll see what's on the minds of our great listeners here tonight. Um, before we get into that though, a couple of quick matters of business, guys. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter. At Pod, as you know, it is the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And while you're at it, make sure you're also following the main account at Mile High Huddle for breaking Bronco's news in real time, as well as, of course, all of our deep dive content and the draft and free agency. Make sure you're checking both of those boxes. And then when you get some time, head on over to HuddleUpPod.com. And let's see. Might make it easy on everybody. HuddleUpPod.com. There it is. To uh, get some swag. Get yourself a nice hat like this. Get a shirt. Get a hoodie. Multiple options for you right now. It's an organic, easy way for you to help support the show. And maybe later we can do a, a share screen show you what the latest is on the merch store. But, Zach. This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
0: So, let's say you're into yoga or Pilates. Or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. 15 minutes
2: could save you 15% or more.
0: Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball.
1: We haven't had a chance to talk about this because the last time you and I podcasted, of course, was Thursday night for what was a phenomenal mile high mailbag and such a great conversation and outpouring from our great listeners. But the Mike Kliss actually reported uh, that no it was the next day. It was Friday that the Denver Broncos shocker surprise are not expected to bring back Devonte Booker or Theo Riddick. Now, neither one of these comes as a shock right we're not blown away this isn't coming out of left field however we weren't sure exactly how this new offensive regime of Pat Shermer and Mike Shula viewed Booker and viewed Riddick because they're both better receivers than they are necessarily runners between the tackles et cetera. so but they apparently have made their decision they're letting them hit the bricks It's the
2: right call, and it's a call that we've been kind of hitting at for months now. They were never in the Broncos' long-term plans, and Booker, you know, he he had some promise with the Broncos for one season his rookie year, but then they drafted a couple years later Lindsey and Royce Freeman, and that spelled the end for him, and he wasn't going to survive Uh, You know, the regime change, and he wasn't in the coach's favor. He was in the doghouse a little bit. He doesn't really have true three-down ability, Devontae Booker. Riddick, they gave him a shot as a pass-catching back, but Kevin Hogan kind of gave him a hospital ball, and that was that. It's just, you know, you you try to work that out, but it doesn't work out. And we've been saying, restock that through the draft. Don't waste money on a Melvin Gordon. Don't waste money, and now they can't sign Austin Eckler. Don't waste money on any veterans. You have your game buster and Phillip Lindsey. Restock that through the draft. But they're getting rid of Devontae Booker and Theo Riddick. No
1: surprise there. You wonder what could have happened, you know, in a little bit more of a pass-oriented running backs being used, I should say, more in the passing game with Devontae Booker. Theo Riddick, I mean, for those of you who can remember last summer, I was never a huge fan of that pickup to begin with. Yeah. So So it's, you know, no love lost, no skin off my teeth in terms of seeing Theo Riddick gone. And, you know, he spent nine months, the better part of, on the Broncos injured reserve and, you know, cost him $2.5 million for the trouble. So – We'll uh, wish him the best. Devontae Booker, as a former fourth-round pick, you always are going to wonder what could have been with him. But it's time for him to hit the bricks. Now, let me welcome in real quick here, Buana Beast, Terry, all you guys have been hanging out in the chat room. We love you. We appreciate you. Welcome. Let's see what's on Marco's mind who jumped in on Super Chat with a $2 donation. Thanks, Marco. Thank you, Marco. As uh, Ben Albright says, no Trent Williams and no offensive lineman at 15. Day two? I haven't seen that from Benjamin Albright. I haven't heard him say that, but it doesn't surprise me. It says, you know it's like I said on Thursday night and also what Zach said tonight, which is even though I would be in hook line and sinker on Trent Williams and I'd be totally down to give up a second round pick to acquire him, the Broncos are surprisingly stoked on Garrett Bowles. And that's what Zach's trying to tell you tonight is you know they have, in their minds, clarity at the tackle position, at least at the starting slots for now. And so, if Albright's saying no Trent Williams at pick 15, or excuse me, in the free agency and no offensive line or, you know, tackle, offensive line, whatever, at pick 15, it's probably pretty, pretty safe to take that to the bank. One thing that Albright's been saying, though, is that pretty much all offseason long is it's going to be a wide receiver. And in fact, one thing he said coming out of the combine is based on what he's hearing, He wouldn't be surprised if the Denver Broncos, who are apparently in love with Henry Ruggs III, if they end up moving up to grab him because they are so covetous of what he could do for the offense.
2: Yeah, it's what I feel. This is a pretty fairly heavy offensive line draft class shot, especially for tackles. They can still get a, a really good starting caliber prospect in the second, third round. They don't have to use a first-round pick. They don't have to kick a second-round pick for Trent Williams. They can wait and get a receiver first. Albright also tweeted that they might have to move up to 11 if they want Henry Ruggs, but the point remains they are going to look hard and heavy at a receiver at 15. Whether that's a CD Lamb, Judy Ruggs, whoever remains to be seen, I find it hard to believe they're going to kick one of those picks for Trent Williams. I find it hard to believe they're going to take a tackle in round one. I happen to believe they're going to wait for that for day two, shore up Drew Locke's weaponry in round one, get yourself that burner and go to work.
1: You know, I'll be interested to see what happens if the rubber meets the road. For example, if they're sitting at pick 15 and rugs might be off the board or CD lamb as well. And you've got the option of Jerry Judy or Tristan worse as an example, like it will be really interesting to see which direction they go It sounds like in that situation it's going to be the receiver. Whoever the next best receiver on the board who's available, that's probably who they are going to take because they feel like they need that to make Pat Shermer's offense really hum and to ensure, do everything they can to hedge for Drew Locke taking that quantum leap forward in year two. Terry Randall jumps in on Super Chat with the $10 donation. Proven as always, of course, Broncos country is not a geographic location, guys. It's a state of being. He says, "International Women's Day." Oh, that's right. It is today, isn't it? Give the women in your life the love and respect they deserve. Not just today, but every day. They make us go. Cassie, Christine, and Leah are rock. Hopefully, I pronounced that correctly. Are rocking the national hockey broadcast. Hey, that's uh, Terry. That's very well said. Shout out, love to all our great listeners. You know, female listeners of the Huddle Up podcast and in uh, the MHH communities. At Hi, Mom. <laughs> That's right. <yeah. laughs> What's up, Mom? Um, thanks again, Terry. We appreciate you, bro. Let's see. Uh, I'm trying. Oh, one other thing I wanted to talk about. Now, again, guys, there's been some buzz, like with Will Parks in some Twitter exchanges over the weekend. He mentioned that he hasn't heard from the Broncos yet, uh, but that he does expect to hear from them once the legal tampering period opens. Now, I'm not sure why he's worried about legal tampering because you can't talk to your own free agents right now. You just can't talk to outside free agents, but he's confident he's going to hear something from them. So there's that, Zach, the idea of Will Parks. We've long talked about it now for the last, I don't know, month or so, just based on what we're hearing, that he's probably going to end up elsewhere with more of a starting opportunity. And don't be surprised if it ends up being Joe Woods in Cleveland and Vance Joseph in Arizona. This is how the conversation is going to go. Hey, Will, how much are you getting? Starters money?
2: Okay, goodbye. Good luck. That's how it's going to... I mean, they're not going to bring him back for anything more than what would be backup money, and Will Parks will get, if not a starting job, starting caliber money elsewhere, just like Chad said, maybe with the Browns. He is a good player in the NFL. He has a lot of versatility, but the Broncos obviously are set with Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, who's going to get a big deal as well. They don't really need a highly priced backup when they can just draft one, they can develop one, they can sign one off the street. He's not a jag. He's a little ahead of that, uh, Will Parks, but he's not a guy you want to break the bank for either if you're the Broncos particularly
1: yeah he's not quite a jag but he's not quite that stud and you would hope that after four years you know you would see that from him and you can't exactly say that he hasn't had a modicum of stability because I guess as a rookie he had Wade Phillips in 2016 and then for two years he had the Joe Woods Vance Joseph regime so I maybe I'm wrong on that and now of course Vic Fangio Maybe that's why you could argue he never really took a quantum leap forward, even though he showed signs. He's hinted at it at different times. But if you couldn't turn the corner, I mean, Justin Simmons finally turned the corner last year in the contract year. We just haven't seen that authoritative step forward, Zach, from Will Parks. And then Larry jumps in on YouTube. Appreciate you, Larry. with a $5 donation. Tuning in from Richmond, Virginia. Hashtag state of being. Do we plan on Callahan, Bryce Callahan, being healthy, Or do we sign another starting corner in free agency? Zach, A, the Broncos cannot afford to rest on their laurels at the cornerback position right now. You can't count on Bryce Callahan. And that's not to say there's been any buzz saying that there's been a complication or any kind of setback in his recovery. It's just based on the fact that he missed basically the final quarter of the season in 2018 and all of last year due to that foot. And he's now had two surgical procedures – well, three actually on that foot and you just don't know what's going to happen. So to answer the question, Larry, my opinion, Zach, yes, absolutely. They are, and they absolutely have to take care of that. They need one more shoe in guy, whether it's a Prince of Mukamara, you know, Bashad Breland, even bringing back Devontae Bosby would yes. be a huge step forward compared to where they are today with only uh, A.J. Bouye to, to really speak of. That's exactly why I'm right there with you,
2: Chad. You cannot rely on Isaac Yadam. You cannot rely on the Duke Dawsons of the world. Even if Callahan was never injured, even if he had a clean bill, 100% health, the Broncos have to sign one more cornerback or acquire one. Whatever. They have to get one more cornerback in the building just to build up that depth and let them go into free agency and the draft looking to shore positions elsewhere. Muk- Amukamar can sign right now. He fits the scheme. He knows Fangio. It's a no brainer move. He's not going to break the bank and you shore up the secondary and you can go attack defensive line, uh, inside linebacker on the open market and then go from there. So one more cornerback, I think, is coming and it's absolutely paramount. They make that move.
1: Robert jumps in on YouTube. He wants to know is trading back a good option? of course the Broncos sitting in at pick 15 right now I'm not a huge fan of trading but if you're going to trade I like trading back cuz you you know you're stockpiling something but I just don't think it's necessarily going to happen I think they're going to try and make some hey they already have 11 picks in this draft yeah. and it it's debatable that you could even fit 11 rookies onto this roster so I think you'll see Elway maneuver quite a bit in this draft even though I hope in the first round they stamp pad
2: yeah, I don't believe in trading back or trading in general for the sake of trading. If they like a guy who they think they can get a couple picks back beyond 15, they should do it. But if they want a guy like guys, you know, like a Rugs or a Lamb, they should move up. They have the capital this year. Not like the Broncos have, you know, three or four or five picks. They have 11 other draft picks. And just for the reason Chad said, you're not going to draft all those players. And even if you do, not all those guys are going to make the 53. It's just a law of averages. So I would encourage the Broncos if they fell in love with someone at 15, if they don't think he's in To be there, move up for him, get your guy, give up a few picks. You have enough left over. You can still get more talent in the building.
1: Chris Clark jumps in on YouTube. What's up, guys? Finally caught the beginning of the show. All right, good. What would it take to sign DJ Reader? Now, Reader, of course, is the former Houston Texans nose tackle, big dude, 6'3, 350 pounds. Spot track has his value, if I'm not mistaken, Zach, somewhere around 11 million per year. So, Chris, there's your answer. Probably between 11 to 13 million per year if you want DJ Reader anchoring your defensive line.
2: What's ironic is he's going to check in right around where Shelby Harris would sign for, about the $12 million mark annually, average annual value. And you know what? I, I think for what I like about Reeder compared to Harris, he's a good run stuffer and a pass rusher. He can do more by playing five tech, by playing nose tackle. He offers a little more versatility and a little more, I think, um, proven experience than Shelby Harris. But he's not going to be cheap either. They're going to have to open up the pocketbook for him. I believe they will, though, if they can get Derek Wolf back at a fairly, fairly team-friendly rate. This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
0: So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us with whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine.
1: Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Donald Chinner Donald Chinnery, right? Yeah. Chinnery jumps in on super chat. Thank you, Donald with the $5 donation. Thank you. That's awesome, buddy. We appreciate you. He says, I would give my first born to see Jerry Judy or Tristan Wirfs in a Broncos Jersey. I love the commitment. I don't 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 necessarily blame you. Stu jumps in, in the hall of fame. on Thank you, Stu. $25 donation. Thanks, Stu. He says, wow, I made it on. Great as usual guys. Stu, so consistent. We love you. Good you're to see you. are in the Hall you. of Fame, bro. Yes. Uh, all right. Let's see from Joey here. Joe Schobert or Nick, however you pronounce that. I still <laughs> suck at that. Kwiatkowski? Kwiatkowski? Nick, Nick K, we'll call him. Nick K, at a lower price. Zach, if you uh, were making the decisions knowing that with one more roster move, that is cutting Joe Flacco, you're ending up with around $67 million in cap space. You still have a few of your own free agents you got to deal with, but that's still a lot of lettuce. You can make a lot of hay with that cap space. What's your answer for Joey?
2: I mean, all things being equal at a lower price, I'm taking Schobert. He's the better player. He would come in and be an instant three-down starter. He would form a lethal tandem, I think, with Alexander Johnson an inside linebacker for the long term as well. He's still fairly young. I mean, he's going to be expensive, though. I just don't. If I, if it was up to me, I would open up the checkbook for a Showbert or for a Corey Littleton. I just don't think Fangio and Elway value the position that much to spend that much, uh, in terms of 11 million, 12 million bucks a year, 10 million bucks a year.
1: They've sent mixed signals on that topic, or at least Elway has since he became the front office guy in Denver. You know, they paid uh, Brandon Marshall, but then they let Danny Trevathan go. They've traditionally never used a high round premium pick with the exception of Nate Irving back in Elway's maiden class. And that was before, you know, he was the VP of football operations at that point. He wasn't even the GM. That was Brian Zanders mostly making those picks, kind of showing Elway the ropes in 2011. But Nate Irving was the highest they ever prioritized a draft pick on an off ball linebacker. And in free agency, they've, it's mostly been, you know, scrap heap fines. Like even Brandon Marshall, even Todd Davis. Those were guys who had been waived slash cut by their uh, original team and the Broncos picked him up off the scrap heap as it were. So, you know, it's, it. I don't see them opening up the, the pocketbook, but at the same time, Zach, we might be looking at this differently because Vic Fangio, he might prioritize it completely different. Might He might be able to change or color John Elway's opinion on it between those two. I would be a lot more comfortable and confident. I would rather go out and just spend the money to get a stud like Joe Schober in town for four years. You know, you've got now your starting linebacker duo locked down for the foreseeable future than uh, just bringing in another jag. Like, even though he's got he's got experience in Fangio's scheme, like I've not seen him do anything that makes me sit up and go, he's better than Josie Joel. Right. Like, he's better. He can move up the depth chart. Can he bolster the depth chart? Yeah, but Matt Kay, uh, you know. I'm not, I'm not all that into him. Now, Manny Wise jumps in on Super Chat with a $20 donation. Thank you, man. Thanks, Manny. Appreciate you. Any chance the Broncos draft Ezra Cleveland from Boise State in the second or third round? I think there's a really good chance if he's there in the second round, depending on how the, the first round unfolds. Yeah. That's about the zone in which you know he's going to be viable as a, as a draft pick based on what his stock is right now. I know Eric Trickle has done some write-ups on him and and likes him. Second round, third – if you could get him in the third round, it would be great value. Yeah. It would depend in the second round exactly where you got him, but he's definitely on the table. If, if I had my druthers and
2: is on the board at 15, I'm going receiver in round one. I'm targeting offensive line in round two. And absolutely, if they want to shore up that spot, I would target Cleveland and get him in the – you know, in the fold as well, going offense back to back. I know it's unpopular in the Broncos fan base. chat a lot of fans think they're going to go cornerback or inside linebacker. I truly believe it's going to be a combination of wide receiver and offensive line, whether that's a guard center or tackle. So Cleveland second round, I'm all for that. Or preferably the third, like you said.
1: Gio Vandermark jumps in with a massive show wow, of support Gio. and love on Super Chat. Thank you. George, you're the man. And by the way, we showed you some love. Hopefully you saw that on Mile High Huddle Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. He uh, got himself a nice hoodie. I think a hat, too, if I'm not mistaken. Either way, sent us a selfie. We shouted him out. George, you're a great member of this community. We love you. And uh, that that means the world to us, bro. Thank you. Yes. He says, I was listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers the other day. Eric Trickle was in favor of Frank Gore playing for us. At first, I thought he was crazy. But the more I think of it, maybe his leadership would be good for this young offense. Your thoughts? You know, I don't hate the idea, but he's, you know, he's um, he's a between-the-tackles plotter. That's what he is at this point in his career. And he's, you know, still an above-average running back and being able to do that for you. And he brings experience in spades, and he's steadily moving up the all-time rushing ranks. I mean, the guy just keeps going. I don't hate the idea, but what's he bringing to the table really Zach? Right. Exact- that the Broncos are already missing. You right. can argue experience because, you know, you got Phillip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, two NFL seasons respectively under their belt. He does bring that, but the Broncos already have it between the tackles plotted. That's Royce Freeman today. Ostensibly what the team needs is someone who's going to put, you know, dip a foot in a bucket that they can't reach right now. And so I'm just not sure that would be the best thing. Although, you know, I'm not going to poo-poo if the Broncos brought in Frank Gore to, you know, run the rock you know, spell Philip Lindsay five to 10 touches a game. Okay, we'll see. I mean, Gore is pretty ageless, but you stole the words from me, Chad. I mean, you have that between
2: the tackles, Plotter, and Royce Freeman already. And B, after watching a Joe Flacco Broncos offense, I don't want this offense getting older. I want this offense getting younger, more explosive. Nothing Gore brings to the table is explosive. He's consistent. He falls forward. But you have that guy in Royce Freeman. And also, I don't think the Broncos even need that much experience. Phillip Lindsay's a a two-time 1,000-yard running back, a former pro bowler. He's a a household name in the NFL. I don't think he needs someone to lean on. He's got this. He is the number one option. He is the, the centerfold of this offense, I believe, with Pat Shermer. Let him be that guy. Do not bring any Frank Gores or anyone else in the
1: building. Let Lindsey shine. That's my opinion. Me too. And that's that's why I hated that report a little over a week ago from Kliss that the Broncos are looking for a quote-unquote starter type running back in free agency. Like Let Phillip Lindsey be the guy. Let him grow into Thanks. that role. And I get it. He's not a 25-touches-per-game Bell cow, exactly, but I think he still can be maybe not a Bell Cow, but he can still be your tip of the spear and really bring explosive ability to this offense. It's just a matter of finding the right offensive coordinator to unlock it. I mean, yeah. just look at what he did that down the stretch of his rookie year. Man, you just he brings so much to the table. And I think Pat Shermer might be able to unlock that, but apparently, Zach, they are uh they're looking, or maybe it's a smoke screen. We'll see. Yeah, T.G. jumps in with a $20 donation on Super Chat. We love you, T.G. You're in the Hall of Fame as well, brother. You're up there on the MHH Mount Rushmore. Appreciate you so much, T.G. That's awesome, dude. He says, let's go get C.D. Lamb and uh, Hightower. Is it John Hightower from Boise? I think there was, uh, yeah, it was pro football focus late last week. They said keep an eye out on Hightower. They liked him as a Broncos fit. Not in the first round, but if the Broncos were to, even if they do take a, a wide receiver at pick 15, if they were to get CeeDee Lamb, as TG wants here, at pick 15, you could still double up and get Hightower, who, you know, he's just, he's like four four three speed, so not a blazer, but Zach, he's faster than Cortland Sutton, and if you got him in tandem with a guy like CeeDee Lamb, man, you're really bringing some, an infusion of talent to this offense for Drew Lock.
2: I don't know that I double up back-to-back like the first and second round, but I have no problem first and third, second and fourth, whatever. Whatever combination, the Broncos need probably two you know, young blood inf- infusions at wide receiver, two speedsters. And in terms of the CD Lamb, that's my number two receiver in this class behind Henry Ruggs. If not Ruggs at 15, if Lamb's on the board, I'm pulling the trigger. Get your guy. I think Drew Locke would love throwing him the ball. I'm with TJ on that one.
1: Sleek Trill wants to know if the Broncos will be interested in picking up anyone from the XFL. If so, who? Sleek Trail, I'd be lying to you, dude, if I told you that I'm following every game of the XFL. I haven't heard of anyone specifically, but what I can tell you is you can bet your bottom dollar that they are looking at the XFL, just like they did with the AAF. They had two players they signed out of the AAF, Mike Purcell and Devontae Bosby. Both guys went on to carve out, starter roles now bosby had only lasted two weeks before he got hurt but mike purcell even though he had previous nfl experience so did bosby the broncos that those are two success stories for fledgling pro leagues out there that the broncos can kind of use as a scouting farm system so to speak and uh again no specific names that we're aware of at this stage but zach absolutely they're going to they're gonna keep an eye on that film.
2: Yeah, and I can't lie and say I'm a big XFL fan this season, but I think one name, and it's always a popular name, which is a quarterback, P.J. Walker from the Houston uh, Roughnecks, I believe it is. If the Broncos want to back up, for, they're in that market for an experienced guy. He is the best the XFL has to offer. I don't know what that's saying, but he's lit up the tape this, uh, this young season so far, and the Broncos want experienced signal caller, at least bring him in for a camp look. I think that's the guy they would uh, at least sniff around.
1: Edward jumps in on Super Chat, one of our superstars, wow. with a massive donation. Thank you, Edward. Bars. thanks Edward. Wow. Appreciate you, bro. And by the way, you got to let us know when you get your swag. Update your profile pic. That's how we'll know for sure. And of course, as always, we invite you to send us in a selfie. We'll share it out, and give you some love on social media. He says, "Who would you rather get at middle linebacker, Corey Littleton or Joe Schobert?" Can't wait for my shirt. Keep up the good work, guys. Appreciate you, Ed. I personally like Schobert better than Littleton, but I think there are people that would disagree with me. Like I, I think Eric likes Littleton a little bit more and Zach, I know you're a big fan of Littleton.
2: I am. I, I, they're really kind of similar players. I, I would give the edge to Schobert incrementally. I think he's a little better. He's a little more experienced. He's a three-down guy, good against the run as well. But I'm not going to cry at all if Littleton's the guy that the Broncos open up the checkbook for him. He would come in for, I believe, a few pennies cheaper than Schobert, and he would be a starter instant day-one contributor uh, aside Alexander Johnson. But uh, gun to my head, I'm going Sherbert over Littleton. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs>
0: Time. Ain't no way like the cowboy way. Have a cowboy kind of day, yeah.
1: Try the new Big Sky Burger at Roy Rogers. It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer-battered onion rings, American cheese, and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun.
0: Have a cowboy kind of day at Roy's in the no way.
2: And Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. If your loved one is at risk of a fall, the Symphony Medical Alert System from CVS Health can help support their safety in their home with 24-7 emergency monitoring, even when you can't be there. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more about Symphony at CVS.com/slash symphony or find it at your nearest CVS Health Hub.
1: Speaking of Women's Day, Miss Christy jumps in, showing flexing, showing that support on Super Chat. Thank you, Christy. Thank you, Christy also hall of fame we're running we're running out of uh, mount rushmore's but i think we're we've hit three maybe four on mount rushmore already and christy of course you're you're right up there with with them appreciate nice. you so much good to see you in the chat and also she was flexing her uh her hoodie over social on on social media over right. the weekend. yep all right let's see what else we got here mamette no one is talking about Kendall Fuller from KC. Do you think we can sign him in free agency? Can? Yes. Will? Mm, no. I like Bashad Breeland, honestly, more than I do Kendall Fuller, and I think he probably ends up being cheaper.
2: I like a Amukamara over both, and he you know he can come yeah. in right now and he knows the system. So, I mean, they, just like Chad said, they can. I'm sure they've given it consideration, but will they? I find that hard to believe. If there's any free agent corner we keep pounding the table for, it's a Amukamara. It's just a no-brainer fit.
1: James Dean jumps in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, James, one of our superstars. Thank you, James. Really active, especially the last month or so. You've been super consistent, James. He says, put a picture up finally. Looked at the cap. We can get cornerback in the draft or get a Mukamara and Schobert if we only tag Simmons. I expect all to happen. And for what it's worth, James, I'm sure you saw this too, Zach. We might have talked about this on the pod. I can't remember if we did. But there was a fan that was kind of – excited when AJ Bouye signed or was traded acquired last week and Amukamara got tagged on Twitter about he next move is Amukamara coming to the Broncos reuniting with Vic Fangio whatever and he quote tweeted it with eyeballs right like hey I'm checking this out I'm monitoring this situation so I think Amukamara has uh, it's no secret he would he would like to land in Denver but Zach and be reunited with Fangio but Zach it's going to have to make some financial sense for him and I think, uh, you know, if you offer him somewhere between seven to to nine million, you might be able to get that done.
2: I mean, here's the beauty part, though. For once, the Broncos have enough cap room where they can sign Justin Simmons to a long-term deal and get Schobert and get a Amar. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be contingent on Simmons being franchise-tagged. If he signs a long-term deal, the Broncos will have plenty left over to bring in Schobert if they want. They can bring in a Amar. I think they'd be pretty capped there to leave some rainy day money left over, but they have the the capital to add a lot of star power this offseason. That's why I think Elway's going to be pretty active the next couple weeks.
1: Westside Side Philly jumps in on Super Chat with West a twenty dollar donation. Wow! Thank you, thank you, my friend. He says had to beg my boss for a late lunch to catch the pod so I could donate. <laughs> wow! Awesome. Thank that, you, that so means much. the world to us, bro. Who do you guys think are the wideouts this year that if they're available at fifteen, you can't pass up? All right, Zach, I'm gonna I'm gonna remove from the equation this nagging philosophy of mine that the Broncos should not take a wide receiver in the first round because it's such a deep class. It just doesn't feel like that's realistically the way it's going to go. So let's talk about the way the wind is blowing, right? we we'll lick our thumb, put it in the air, which way is the wind blowing? It's wide receiver. And to answer Westside side Philly's question here, my number one guy is CD lamb, not to take anything away from rugs, but for me, it goes lamb rugs, Judy. And Depending on who's on and off the board at that point, I'd be happy with any of either of those three uh, at pick fifteen.
2: But are any of those guys, are they must-takes for me? And then I look at it individually. Judy's not to me. CeeDee Lamb's much as so I love him. He's not a must-take. It Like, if Worf was on the board or Chase Young fell or, you know, if Isaiah Simmons fell, I wouldn't take a receiver over those guys. There's no, like, Calvin Johnson, future Hall of Famer in this draft class. But if no one else is on the board, those receivers are on the board, Rugs or Lamb, to me, are must-takes considering what the Broncos need and what they bring to the table. They would instantly mesh, and they would be Drew Locke's best friend on the field. It's just as simple as that. You think Megatron's headed for the Hall of Fame? I think he has a pretty good case. I mean, he was
1: pretty dominant in his career. It just sucks that he was saddled with the Lions for the entirety of it. It's hard to argue that during his time in the league, he wasn't the best wide receiver, especially the second half, actually. You know, I mean, he was great from the drop, but did he change the game? I think he kind of reimagined what, what red zone jump balls and the fade, I mean – Seeing what he could do. I mean, that's that's a conversation for another time, but it is interesting. Is Megatron a Hall of Famer? Because multiple Pro Bowls, a lot of individual accolades, very little team success. <laughs> I don't think he ends up in the hall. Jonathan jumps in with a five-dollar donation on Super Chat. Thank you, Thank John. You God, Appreciate man. you, bro. Showing some love there. All right, let's see what else we got here. Bear with us here, guys. Rick wants to know on Facebook, we haven't taken any Facebook questions yet today. If Joe Flacco doesn't pass his physical, are the Broncos able to cut him? I mean, yeah, you can still cut him. You're just going to end up with having to pay what they call an injury settlement. Right. So the Broncos are, uh, you know, hoping that doesn't happen. But even if it does and they have to pay him an injury settlement, you know, that's the that's the price of doing business to free up $10 million on your cap this year and move on from that failed experiment and stay in the cool, new, fresh, exciting, yeah. you know, 4 and one Drew Locke world.
2: Yeah. If an injury settlement does come about, it's like a severance package. They'll pay him some money to go away. And like just Chad mentioned, it's not just the on-field personnel move the Broncos would make it for. It's to get that bad juju, those bad vibes out of the building and cleanse yourself from the old way of doing business. The old quarterbacks of the Broncos are in a new era and a new age right now.
1: Terry Randall jumps back in on Super Chat. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Terry. Why so much noise about Joe Thune? Hashtag football priest. Hashtag state of being. Um, It's picked up a little bit of steam. I'll I'll acknowledge. Joe Thune ends up as a Bronco if and only if Mike Munchak is pounding the table for him because the Broncos already have a starting left guard. His name's Dalton Reisner. They already have a guy that they quote-unquote love at right guard in Eli Wilkinson. So unless Mike Munchak was literally pounding the table to Elway saying, this is the guy we need for the O-line to go to the next level, I just don't see it happening because he's going to command top dollar. He's going to command more than it would have cost you to keep Ronald Leary this year. Right.
2: Yeah, a lot would depend on McGovern's situation as well. We know Leary's out the door. Uh, One guy from New England, though, not not getting a lot of headlines is Ted Karras. He was the backup center um, after Andrews was diagnosed with blood clots. He's going to be a free agent as well. He'll be a little cheaper than Thune. He can be an option if McGovern walks. So keep in mind, Ted Karras also, along with Joe Thune, has two options in free agency for Denver. I don't think Thune, though, isn't like Chad just mentioned. He's going to be too highly priced.
1: The Broncos won't go there, I think, this offseason. James Moss jumps in on super chat. Thank you, James Thank you, James playing devil's advocate. If we get all these players and use all our money and we lose, does Fangio last another year? I think James, it would depend entirely on how bad it was. Like if you're talking similar to this past season where there was so many narrow failures could have gone either way. They're one game under 500. I think he still gets one more year, but if it's a, Vance Joseph level, you know, uh, 5 and 11, 4 and 12, 3 and 13. He's probably gone and it doesn't speak well to what the future might hold for LA even though both of us were both of the opinion that LA is pretty much sacrosanct until and unless a new ownership uh, group comes in.
2: A lot would depend on Drew Locke's progress or lack thereof as well. True. And they're not going to want to fire Fangio because that would mean re- revamping the entire offensive coaching staff once again. So I think if Locke is develops well, but the Broncos have some injury, bad luck, or they just the ball doesn't bounce their way. I think Fangio gets one more year with Drew Locke at the helm. So I think he's pretty safe overall. And I don't think the Broncos are going to even have to worry about that. They're going to have, I think, a really good season in
1: 2020. Man, the comment stream is moving fast tonight. It's so good to see everybody contributing to the conversation. James jumps back in. Yep. <laughs> love the emojis. It, it is family-friendly on the Huddle Up Podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go, bro. I'm not even going to read that, but you know what makes us smile, makes us laugh. Appreciate you, brother. It's the Huddle Up um, Pod after dark. That's right. That's right. All right, let's see what else we've got from people not on Super Chat. Christy, wants to know about Denzel Mims. This is a guy that is borderline first round, Denzel Mims. Now, for those of you who don't know, he's the Baylor wideout, blazed up at the uh, combine fast. I mean, if the Broncos traded back in the first round, Zach, to the back end and, and grab Denzel Mims at like pick 28, 29, 30, 31, something like that, it'd be a great move. Like he's he's getting close. And that's another reason why I'm like, hey, you're the Broncos, grab that offensive lineman you can't get elsewhere at pick 15 and, you know, trade one of your third-round picks to move up in the second round and get Denzel Mims. Like, he is a stud, Zach. I agree. I don't like him at 15.
2: I think that's a little too rich for me, but if they want to trade back into the 20s, they want to do like they did last year with Devin Bush, and Noah fan, they want to move back for their guy. He's definitely an option, especially how the receiver board plays out. Love his playmaking potential. Love his upside. He would be just a great compliment to Cortland Sutton. Great long-term pairing with Drew Locke. I would love him, just not at 15, though. Things would have to break a certain way. Worfs would have to be gone. Lamb and Ruggs and Judy would have to be gone.
1: They want to trade down, though, and get Mince? I am not going plenty about that in the least. Larry jumps back in. He says, if somehow we bring back Chris Harris, he has to go to the slot because he's shown he is a liability on the outside. Then who would we have on the other side of Booyer? It would look like this, Larry. It would be depending on, you know, just let's just assume for the sake of this conversation, Callahan comes back to form. You would have Chris Harris Jr. as your number two corner in base on first and second down Bouye number one. And then on, Uh, sub packages, third down, whatever, passing situations. One of the great versatile options and one of the reasons why the Broncos were excited to have both Callahan and Harris is you can rotate them both from the outside to the inside. I'm with you, though. As a number two corner, I'm not worried about him playing on the outside. It was as the number one who has to follow the number one receiver. That's where he ended up being, you know, he, he fell short of the mark. Let's just put it that way. But he proved in the first Eight years of his career, Zach, that playing the number two spot and the and rotating in and out of that from the from the slot, that's his forte.
2: I would say Chris Harris Jr. was exposed as an outside cornerback, Chad. There's no way around it. He was getting beat almost every single game, and it showed. I mean, he wants to be paid like a number 1 cornerback. He wasn't performing like a number 1 cornerback. That's part of the job is is shadowing coverage and following top receivers, and and whether it was Tyree, Kill, or anybody else, they were whipping him down the field. I mean, he was two and three steps behind. That is why the Broncos are going to move on. That's why they're going younger at that position with with Bouye, with uh, Callahan, if they bring back Bosby, just guys who have – I think a little more boundary experience they can hang with opposing receivers and have scheme with, you know, bracketing with Simmons and the safeties, they can do a lot of things there. That's why Harris, so to me, is not worth what he's going to get on the open market. Cause he's not what he thinks he is.
1: Yordi jumps in and wants to know on YouTube, what do you guys think it would cost the Broncos to trade up with the Browns or the jets for Henry Ruggs? Well, I'll tell you, it will cost you this year's first, next year's first, all three of your third round picks this year, maybe even a third round pick next year to equal the value of that on the draft chart. So are you willing to sell the farm to get Henry Ruggs? I'm not. No. Yeah. That's
2: there's only one position. Chad and I always mentioned that you'd sell the farm for him. That's a quarterback and the Broncos thankfully don't need a quarterback this off season. Ruggs as good as he is lamb as good as he is. You're not going to sell the farm for those players. They're going to let them fall into their laps if they do. And if they don't, we'll explore
1: another Avenue. Drake wants to know why the Broncos traded up to draft Juwan Winfrey last year. Well, he's a guy, of course, from CU, you know, he was at the local uh, pro day, the Broncos did. And, you know, he had, he had some guys pulling from for him from the inside, including Philip Lindsay, but he was just a guy that they liked, you know, and, and they felt like if they waited till the seventh round, he wasn't going to be there. Now, surprisingly, even though he made the 53 last year, He got next to zero looks on offense for whatever reason. And there were times there, especially down the stretch where you could have rotated him in and gotten him some snaps. But, you know, I think he's a guy that, you know, the book's not out on him yet. He still has an opportunity to kind of stake his claim with this team, but depending on how many wide receivers they draft or bring into the equation this year, like he's going to be on notice. There's a chance, you know, he could be edged off the roster and onto practice squad duty type thing. So, I think there's he's a guy though Zach that just kind of has that playmaker gene, you know, where when the chips are down, he's a guy that finds a way to make some hay. I do think it
2: can be between him, Patrick, and Hamilton battling for two spots in the 53 this summer, Chad. There's going to be so much competition, barring what the Broncos do in the draft at that spot. Um, he has decent talent as a possession guy, as a red zone target, not a speedster by any means. I think his, his long-term career upside is that of a number 4 guy, number 5 guy. You can always have those guys on the roster that are valuable, but he's never going to be a starter. He's never going to be a star, an explosive guy. He is what he is. The Broncos took a shot as a project, and they're – kind of developing that and hoping that their their labor pays off.
1: Dan wants to know on YouTube, do you think the Broncos could sign Jordan Phillips from the Bills? Yes, absolutely. That's something that uh, Eric Trickle's been advocating for dating back to like December, dude. Like Jordan Phillips is a guy you could bring in second, maybe third wave, probably second wave, who can help push that pocket from the inside a little bit, stuff the run. Like that's a good example, Phillips, of what – Elway and Fangio said at the combine about how deep this free agent class is on the defensive line Zach. He's a lot like Shelby Harris in his pocket pushing
2: ability, and he's a very similar player, and I think he costs a lot less than Shelby Harris. So if the Broncos strike out on DJ Reader and they want a secondary option, I have no problem. That's probably the number two guy I would want on the open market chat is Jordan Phillips. Experience in the three four, young, plenty of upside, can push the pocket, can stop the run. That's a great plan B if they miss out on DJ Reader.
1: Brian, one of our super chat superstars, jumps in Thank with you, the ten dollar donation, showing Appreciate some love. You. Appreciate you, Brian. Has Buana Beast wants to know the mayor of the community out there on on YouTube <laughs> wants to know: Has Jalen Johnson earned his way into the top set, you know top two rounds for sure? Didn't he just have? Wasn't there a, an injury thing uh, from the combine, right, Zach? I believe, yeah,
0: <clears throat>
1: there was something. He might end up going late day three or excuse me day two so round three because of that but you know all things being equal if he's 100 healthy and didn't have that concern he's probably a second round pick
2: yeah i'm not going to say top you know second round for sure but i think he is locked into being a day two pick whether that's a second or third round he will be off the board in day two good prospect yeah. but that injury is uh definitely something to monitor
1: uh let's see here Juan wants to know on YouTube, what do you guys think about Danny Shelton, Devondre Campbell, Blake Martinez, Ronald Darby, or Trey Waynes for the Broncos? As always, great job. Thanks, Juan. I like the idea of Danny Shelton. He's a guy that I know uh, our mile-high huddle analyst, Thomas Hall, was big on Danny Shelton this time last year. Didn't happen. Uh, Blake Martinez, from what I've heard, Zach, Is looking to get paid. And I'm not sure I like him anywhere close enough for this scheme to justify the money he's apparently looking for. Ronald Darby's interesting to me. I don't like, I'm not a fan of Trey Wayans, but Ronald Darby, even though imperfect, I could see him fitting in Fangio's scheme. The only one from this list that I
2: would like, and this is no disrespect to you, Juan, is Ronald Darby. Uh, Trey Waynes to me was a massive bust with the Vikings, and, uh, the other players are just retread guys the Broncos can replace either through the draft or signing, um, you know, as an alternative somewhere else. So
1: I would, I wouldn't mind though, Ronald Darby. Let's give some love to our Periscope viewers. Those of you watching on Twitter, Ted FX jumps in, wants to know, Hey, aren't the Broncos going young? If so, why sign Prince Amukamara? Well, Ted, the issue here is, first of all, it's still a massive need. And the cornerbacks are asked to do a lot in Fangio's scheme. It ends up benefiting them. Even Will Parks was talking about this on social media over the weekend. Very interesting. Some of his comments, by the way. Guys, go check it out. But he was talking about how Fangio's defense, you know, you've heard people, I've heard people anyway, say it's defensive line friendly. It's off-ball linebacker friendly. It's cornerback friendly. It's safety friendly. It's basically defense-friendly, and he explains uh, that on Twitter, does Will Parks. But the bottom line, though, is it also is very reliant on the corners. And at this stage, you have one proven guy under contract. Well, going to be under contract in uh, A.J. Bouye. So it's a need until it's not a need. And until it's not a need, you just don't look that gift horse in the mouth. And Prince of Mukumara, Zach, he – hasn't shown signs, despite his age, former first-round pick, he hasn't shown signs of going off a cliff yet. Yeah, he's
2: only going to be 31 in June. That's not exactly ancient. And you're not signing him to be your number one guy. You're not signing him to be the superstar. He'd be your number three quarterback in a perfect world. And that's not bad for his talent ability and also his familiarity with the Broncos scheme. He can step in. There's no learning curve. There's no lag. He'd come in right away from day one and get the playbook down. And not only that, help teach the incoming members of the Broncos, the rookies or the other secondary members, the defense better. So there's no downside to a Mukamara signing. I love it. I'm all for it and he would be much cheaper than some of the other alternatives, maybe including uh, Ronald Darby.
1: All right, guys, we got to start winding it down and uh, get out of here shortly. So let me jump to, I want to make sure we haven't missed anybody who's jumped in on Super Chat. That is a grievous sin that even the football priests might not be able to get absolution from the football gods. Edward jumps back in, wants to know, with a $10 donation. Thank you, Edward. Thank you, Edward. He says, Chiefs are a one-hit wonder, just like the 2017 Eagles. The Broncos will take their place back on top of the AFC West next year. Denver Broncos for life. Hey, man, you know, you're at the wishing well. You flick a penny into the into the water and hope for, you know, the Chiefs to take a nosedive like the Eagles. But empirical evidence, unfortunately, Edward, doesn't point in that direction. They were in the AFC title game in 2018, barely lost by a comedy of – razor thin factors won it all this year it will be interesting though Zach here's what I'll say it will be interesting to see how that front office juggles the massive contract demands that it's going to take to pay Patrick Mahomes with roster building and maintaining a competitive or championship caliber roster that remains to be seen
2: the thing is, though, Mahomes is so good that he can make up for deficiencies elsewhere. You can let go of a cornerback or a defensive lineman or whatever as long as you have Patrick Mahomes, and uh, it is – I love the optimism surrounding the Broncos. I do not think for the least that the Chiefs are a one-hit wonder. They're going to be around for a while. Mahomes is going to be around for a while, best quarterback in the NFL, who just admitted he did not even learn how to read defenses until last season. That's a scary thought for the rest of the NFL. He's probably only going to get even better. So the Broncos can be competitive. They can take them down. But until they do, that is the Chiefs division and the Chiefs, I think, league.
1: One of our Super Chat superstars. Discount audio and wheels. D A Dub jumps in. Appreciate you. Thank you. How do you feel about the possible London game and Vegas twice this year? Can't wait to take it to the AFC West this season with Locke and the Young Guns. That last point, I'm so excited about this season. I, I agree with you, DAW. Like It's going to be fun to see how this season opens up with the excitement, Drew Locke, and the Young Weapons, and a new offensive coordinator. It's going to be fun. But as for the London game and two Vegas games, you know, it's it's closer for Broncos fans that are located in Denver to get to Vegas than it is trying to get to Oakland, right? Um, and the London game, Zach, I'm, I'm not crazy about it, but I know there's a Thank huge portion, there's a huge collective of Broncos fans in Broncos country in uh, the United Kingdom, in Europe. And uh, so for those people, I'm happy for them, and if you – like they're planning on doing, if you can turn it into an East Coast game and then you go from the East Coast across the pond to the UK, mitigate some of the jet lag, mitigate some of the unfair advantage of having to travel to another continent, you know, I can live with it. But because of that, I don't love it. I don't, I think it puts an unfair onus on the team's ask to make that trip. But uh, as you said, Zach, that's mitigated usually by a bye week the next right. week.
2: Yeah, I mean, so hopefully that that game, the London game, would be in the middle of the season, not week four, week five. I we want the Broncos by in week eight, week nine, week ten. I you know I don't, I'm not crazy about it, but it's good exposure for the Broncos for being on a national stage, and it brings more awareness to the team and Fangio and Drew Locke. In terms of Vegas, though, I'm no you know geographic expert, but I believe the flight to Oakland is more than the flight to Vegas, so it will be a very small factor for Denver. And pretty exciting to open up that stadium next year, playing your rival, and hopefully you get to take him down. Not big on the London game, but Vegas is fine for me.
1: All right, guys. A couple more, and then we got to get out of here. Terry jumps back in on Super Chat. Thank Thanks, you, Terry. Terry. If uh, A.J. Epinesa drops into the second round, how far do you trade up for him, or do you just wait? I mean, it depends on how confident you are he can play inside. If He can play five-tech defense event because as a stand-up edge rusher, I mean, the Broncos can always use depth, don't get me wrong. But you have Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb. Do you really need to be going after another edge? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I could be persuaded on it, but I don't love the idea of taking any edge in the top three the top three yes. rounds this year. But Epinesa is a first-round caliber guy. If he dropped into the second round, I could understand if the Broncos moved up and grabbed him, but I just don't think that's going to happen.
2: I mean, let's assume the Broncos take a receiver in round one. In round two, you still need a tackle, still need a guard, still need a center, still need a running back, still need a cornerback, a safety, inside linebacker, defensive lineman. The Broncos have needs all over the board to trade up for an edge rusher when they have two of the best in the NFL. Makes no sense to me. As good as he is and as good value pick as that would be in the second round, I am not giving up capital for an outside linebacker when the Broncos have needs all over the place.
1: Jeff jumps in on Super Chat with a $5 donation. Thank, Thank you, Jeff, Jeff. My brother. By the way, I really don't think that was a Cowboys logo on Derek Wolf's shirt for what it's worth. Jeff hit me up on Twitter. I don't know if, if you were included. What? Um, but what was, he, what was this? Well, earlier today it was uh, Jeff Cohen hit, hit me up on uh, Twitter saying there was a picture I think Derek Wolf's wife posted of him and his child or whatever, and it kind of looked like a cowboy star on his shirt. And he's like, why mm-hmm. is he wearing a cowboy shirt? What's going on here? But I really – you'll have to go look at it. Um, I quote tweeted it, I believe. You can find it, find Jeff. But either yeah. way, I think it's something that looks similar to the Cowboys star, not quite the actual Cowboy star. Uh, I heard some people say maybe it's the Rockstar logo or some some other th- – anyway. But check it out. Now, Jeff says here, if Drew Lock becomes special, you guys deserve credit for calling it out pre-draft. Hashtag football priest. Hey, man, we'll always take uh, – take credit for things that that we see coming, especially in the draft. You know, that's not our strong suit, but we've been telling you since before the draft last year, Drew Locke, franchise caliber tools, it's just a matter of putting it all together. And the one thing I continue to remind everybody that, that surprised me the most about his rookie campaign was how quickly he showed signs of progress over some of the areas of weakness when he was a draft prospect after being uh, in exile for 10 weeks. It blew my mind. And to me, that was the most encouraging aspect of it is that this dude is attacking life as a pro. You don't have to worry about him playing the Xbox and, you know, <laughs> whatever. Right. Paxton Lynch foibles. The lessons learned there. Drew Locke is legit.
2: Yeah, and you know, we're not the only ones that were high on Drew Locke in the pre draft process. There's a reason why he was mocked to the Broncos in the first round, you know, that last year. The thing is though, Chad and I, I think more than most other people, we we never wavered on Locke as a prospect for the reason he just mentioned, even during the, the preseason and the early regular season and him falling behind in his development and being behind Kevin Hogan on the depth chart, we never wavered. We always thought he had franchise caliber tools and he showed that in the regular season when the chips were down and uh when the games counted for real. So yeah he He's gonna be, I think, the Broncos long-term quarterback, and I think he'll prove in twenty twenty he is the decade-long option, the first franchise quarterback they
1: have since Peyton Manning. All right, guys. Brian jumps back in on super chat. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Zach Ruggs is your number one. You crazy man. Lamb Judy, then rugs. Still worried rugs is a bust. Hope the Raiders pick him. LOL. I get that, Zach. That people are worried he's going to be the next Darius Hayward, Bay, because the only thing people tend seem to be focusing on with him is the speed. But I'm telling you right now, that's not right. that's not the book on rugs. It's like saying Tyreek Hill is just a
2: speed demon when so few people realize his catch radius greatly improved last year. And if he can do it, Henry Ruggs certainly has the capability in the NFL to be an all-around receiver. I'm not worried about the bus factor, but I would not put Judy ahead of him either. Lamb, I could see, but Henry Ruggs, he has the big hands, he's fast as they all get out, and he's an all-around receiver who's going to fit in this Broncos offense if drafted like a glove.
1: Larry jumps in with a $5 donation again. Thanks, Larry. Thank you, Larry. He says, with Will Parks likely out, I would love for the Broncos to draft Jalen Elliott from Notre Dame and hometown high school, LC Bird. I mean, yeah, it depends on where in the draft. Yeah. Uh, I'll be lying to you, though, Larry. I'm not the most versed on either one of those prospects. So maybe check in with uh, Nick and Carl. will be up next on Tuesday night. They can talk some draft with you. Uh, Jordan jumps in. Holy smokes. $25 wow. donation. Thank to you, you Jordan. Jordan. Appreciate you, bro. I've seen Isaiah Simmons mocked to the ninth spot. Do you think they would move up the Broncos for Simmons at nine? He seems like a Fangio guy. I think it would be a conversation taking place. I do. If he's getting close to 10 and in that zone, absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, they're going to make some calls for sure to see what it would take. And that's really the only guy, Chad, I'd go in the top 10 for, trade up for and give up all that capital for Simmons. He's just a three-down game changer. He would fit in this defense with Fangio so, so well. Ultimately, I don't see that happening. I think the Broncos will let the board fall where it does and just pick a player from there. But he gets a 9-10, the Broncos are going to make some phone calls for sure.
1: Desmond Ray jumps in on Super Chat. Thank you, Desmond. Five dollar donation. Wow, thanks, Desmond. It's uh, you. that means a lot. Thank you, my friends. Good to see you. Hopefully, not related to Shane. Love you're getting some love right now, my friend. We love you. Appreciate you. Means the world to us. Uh All right, guys. Let me see what else we got here. We we uh, might call it for tonight. Yeah, that about does it. The other thing I wanted to talk about, Zach, and then we'll uh, we'll get out of here is because this is the roundup, the rumor mill roundup, is pro football talk. Uh, We touched on it earlier, but the idea of Mike Remmers coming here as a backup offensive tackle, they like the fit because of his past experience with Pat Shermer. What are your thoughts on bringing him in as a swing guy that can play tackle and guard?
2: I, I mean, Von Miller knows him well because he's owned him throughout his career, especially in the Super Bowl with the Panthers. I mean, he's he, he'd be like having a Donald Stevenson as your swing guy. Do you really want a chance at that? Do you really want to spend money on that guy when he can come into the game and be no better than Garrett Bowles he can allow sacks and holding penalties? I'd still rather the Broncos draft that guy, Chad, draft two, three, four offensive linemen. Can't ever have too many. They have holes all over the place. I'm not a Remmers fan. I would take that money they're going to spend on him and put it elsewhere.
1: All right, guys, that's got to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. As always, thanks to each and every one of you for joining us on the show, contributing to the conversation live. We love it. It's something we look forward to each and every day. A mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars, bringing the thunder tonight. We love you guys. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. And then don't forget also, guys, to follow Mile High Huddle on Twitter. Pretty easy to do. And then, of course, make sure. You're following my partner here, Zach Kelberman on Twitter, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad N. Jensen. Stay tuned because we'll be back in the saddle tomorrow night, same time, uh, 6.15 Mountain, 8.15 Eastern. Hopefully there will be a little something new to talk about tomorrow, Zach, because, again, we are literally one week away from legal tampering opening up and then free agency opening on the 18th, so – Things are going to start coalescing. I'm hoping maybe we get some news this week of perhaps a homegrown guy getting re-signed, getting extended. Uh, We'll see. But uh, until then, Zach, have a good finish to your weekend. We'll talk again tomorrow night, bro.
2: You too, Chad. Everyone else, yeah. This is where things start to ramp up this week. It's going to be exciting. I I would anticipate more Broncos rumors coming out. We'll be first reported and share it with you guys. So we're looking forward to it.
1: Appreciate you, Terry. Love to the women. Amen. Brian. Uh, That's undecided. Probably just us two for now. We'll talk more about it tomorrow night, though, guys. Thanks again, as always. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you tomorrow night, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
0: Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet.
1: Let's go exploring at Total
2: Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever
0: someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more